Pickaxe. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh my goodness me, what a stream. Indeed. What a stream. Yeah, good fun. What a flipping stream. You want to know how much we raised? Yeah, well, yeah. How, how much was it in total? After the fact, uh, there were a few more donations that came in after we finished. £2,682 raised for Mind. Nice. Excellent. Um, we yeah. began our previous episode of Podiat saying... Wow, what a stream. But we didn't actually know. We mean it now. Yeah. yeah. We've got we have the, actually the... done the stream now at this point. We've got the yeah. numbers to back it up. And yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for your generosity. Absolutely monumental effort from all involved. Big round of applause. And Absolutely a special awesome. special shout out to Finn Tristam, the, the <laughs> winner of the crown and glory, Dave's used toilet seat. Proud uh, Thanks to anyone who was involved in that bidding war because it was thrilling. I really enjoyed watching that. I was really concerned it was just going to, you know, cap out at a couple of hundred quid and then just sit there forever. Uh, And we would just slowly watch it tick down. But man, it really jumped up a few times. Up and up. It's not honest work, but it's a trifle. And we're here with all the money raised, yeah. and we got a lovely certificate from Mind. Oh, yeah. A digital certificate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fantastic charity, and we do want to do another one of these again uh, before too long, because it's been too long. Yes. And it was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. We had a wonderful time. We had yeah. a lot of people tune in. Booth was very generous with her donation as well. Several people extremely generous, but all of you were flipping wonderful so thank you you can view the full vod now on the youtube channel mm. if you want to go check it out see all the uh, see all the crazy times that we had see Indeed. some fantastic dvd games the height of gaming oh as, as vidyat is known for yeah <laughs> so good oh dear well back to uh business as usual let's yeah. run that music shall we yeah i suppose so <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Podiots, the official Bam. Video podcast. podcast. It's a conversational podcast where we take some questions from you at home and obey the law of the three Earths, where everybody brings a thing along to talk about. I'm Ben. I'm Peter. And I'm Michael. Hey, it's good to chat with you boys again. It's been a minute. We've delayed a couple of episodes this month, which is not like us. No, uh, no. We usually stay pretty on target, but various things have happened. But we're here, and we're ready to have some silliness. Are you Are you prepared? For, for Very. Silliness coming out of the wazoo, my friend. Uh, right. Yeah. Wazoo. <laughs> Watch your language. If you have silliness coming out of your wazoo, 
please consult, consult a physician. <laughs> You've had too much yeah. dominoes if you haven't silliness yes. come out. Oh, no, silliness is coming out of my wazoo again. Oh, no. Not again. Are you good, Mikey? I'm Gucci. The, the, the sun shining. I'm, 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 I'm just a simple little plant. All I need to be happy is a bit of sunshine. And my God... <laughs> Is 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 the lovely lovely sun delivering? Uh, mm. I, I, I really, I, it's all I can talk about at the minute. I try not to live up to British stereotypes. It's sun, the this sun's weather. out. Yeah, look at that. Oh, it's hot, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, hope it doesn't it get cold what, again no, soon. No. Yeah. And it's literally what me and Ashton talked about on the way to and on the way back from Tesco at lunchtime today. So, <laughs> isn't it nice? Oh, yeah, yeah that's great. great. Talking it's about riveting. things we've done in the sun before, sharing sun sonic dotes. <laughs> oh, sonic dotes is good. I like that. That's fun. Um, Mikey, have you considered now that again, go watch the stream VOD if you haven't seen it already. Now that you are a shaved headed man. Oh yes. I want updates on that anyway, generally oh, speaking. Yeah. What's yeah. life like now? Uh, but also now that it's sunny, isn't it sunny? Isn't it sunny? This is sunny. proper sunny, uh, isn't it? Have you thought about the sun cream situation? Are you gonna have to sun cream your dome? Yeah. Uh, well, bald headedness for a start. Jesus Christ, it's breezy. Um, <laughs> like immediately after the stream finished, I ran down the stairs and I felt like a cool breeze in my head. I was like, oh my God, that was weird. <laughs> I never felt that before. <laughs> it's just like day-to-day activities now feel generally colder. It's nice though. I'm very streamlined and aerodynamic, which I'm a yeah, big fan so of. so much faster now. But um, yes, the sun is attacking my little dome. Uh, I went on Saturday, I had a big grand day out and came home with a quite, a quite stingy head, which is great. Oh, no. <laughs> but I'm actually quite enjoying my, 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 my short haired style. I think I maybe won't go full bald again, but I'm not, I'm not opposed to a buzz cut now. Now I know it's mm. there, it's an option. Mm. I think, yeah. yeah, it's a life changing experience. Thanks, Charity, for making this possible for me. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah, you, Charity. <laughs> Now I'd have to spend hours doing my hair every morning. God, the, the time I've no, saved is immense. True. It's all done. We should all do it. Everyone on <laughs> earth. All of us. <laughs> Think how fast we'll all be. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. How are you, Peter? Are you well? I'm very well, thank you. Yes. Um, I've managed to dodge the office COVID wave. <laughs> oh. um, also, touch wood, so far, dodging all the colds and flus that are around. We've had colds in the office. Wow. Uh, there is a cold at home. With uh, it's inside my fiance. Um, the cold inside my fiance. Very few uh, things are allowed inside my fiance. Least of all a cold. Um, and I so far have dodged that as well. But, nice. Well um, done. We'll see how we how we get on. I think Ben's done it right though. As I was saying to him, um, get get it now. Then you got your antibodies. Yeah. Hot boy summer. Bam. You're going to be safe. You can do you're whatever right. the hell you want. No, hang on. You didn't call it hot oh. boy summer, Michael. You no. called it white boy summer. <laughs> white boy I was summer. all about that. Because pink hot boy, boy summer. summer. Mm, <laughs> pink lobster boy summer. I don't know if I'm all about hot boy summer. I don't know if I um, if I fit the bill. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they're looking for boys like me. <laughs> white boy summer, though. That's you to a T. <laughs> I am ready for white boy summer. That's for sure. Well, I was going to yeah, say, like, how are you I'm doing, both. Ben? But I'm doing much better now. Thank you. My undefeated streak with COVID ended last week. Um, Or the week before, I suppose. I tested positive after it went around the office to a couple of people. And, uh, well, it was shit. Not quite as shit as I imagine it was for a lot of people who weren't double jabbed and boosted. But it was still pretty rubbish. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Yeah, I'm I'm over it now. Bit snotty, but I don't know if I've maybe transitioned seamlessly directly into one of those colds. Yeah, it's mm. possible. Mm. So, yeah, a yeah, stowaway came in oh. with the COVID. 
All uh, all nostrils are go currently. So right. congratulations on retaining your sense of smell and taste, though. That was that thank was... you. That was a really lucky one. Yeah, it did weird. dull a bit, but then it came back almost immediately, and I was really happy about that. Sounds odd. Sounds like it's a strange weird. thing. Yeah, it was just one day, and I just woke up and I couldn't smell anything. Like, oh, oh no! And I started getting smells, but they were just like really foul smells. <laughs> this, is, this is worse. Take me back to the no smells. I hate this. This is oh, terrible. Um... Well, we're all in fine health, though. Sort of, currently, I think. I mean, Mikey yeah, makes a good point. Maybe I should just go around, like, licking COVID things. COVID you should things. really catch it. Because like a, have, like, a pox party. Yeah, I don't want to get it, uh, <laughs> Yeah, like, when I'm supposed to be getting married, for example, in a few months' time. Well, go to an anti-vax demonstration. You'll pick it up. <laughs> Kiss You'll pick something up. Yeah. So, yeah, that's probably the way to go. Well, to, you know, we live in uh, a first world country and we have, um, uh, what am I trying to do? We have socialized healthcare as all, all nations should really have in America. Mm. So we don't really need your help with Peter's medical bills, but you never know. <laughs> mm. It could get pretty. He might need a specialist, that the you know, a specialist service that the NHS doesn't cover. I actually so, go private all the time. So If you would consider helping Peter pay for his booper bills, mm. uh, <laughs> then maybe go to streamlabs.com forward slash podiats donations. If you, do, if you donate three pounds or more, you get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show, and we really, really appreciate it. Uh, in fact, we've just used some of our Podiat's donations to renew our Podbean subscription so yeah. we can host this podcast in the first place. Ooh, I so simply will not share a ward with anyone else. I want my own room <laughs> with a telly. Yes, you don't want a curtain room. Those no. are the worst. It's barely Absolutely a room at all. Not. not having that. Not having that. Well, uh, Mikey yes. has the first group of Pod Squad to read out. Attention, attention, it's the plumpy... Pl- oh, God, I always do that. Fuck! P- <laughs> I'm falling at the first hurdle. I mean, if I get my mistakes out straight away, then surely the it can't happen again, pudding. right? The we begin with Bram Stoker on Trent. Very good. Mm. <laughs> A humble pair of giant tits. Thank you. <laughs> the very generous pro trainer. And they say, please accept my apologies for forgetting to join Pod Squad last week. I would just like to say I loved Mikey's sandwich battle. However, I am disappointed he didn't include vegan options. Much love, Keys Keys. Could have been You're... vegan cheese. Yeah. yeah, you can substitute most of those things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the toast sandwich, that's pretty vegan. Yeah, I mean, that's just <laughs> fucking bread, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, go to town on that bad boy. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mr. Trainer. Thank you. Raindrop Joy, Stephen Scordes. Can't shag it. You shag know... It. <laughs> can't what oh sh- oh that's a jack ah oh, that's a cue sorry a cue. can't shack it there we go you know it's all about dakum vidiots is not a cult wait was it no was there a president nixon who said something like that no i'm not a crook i'm not a- i'm not a crook I'm yes crook. that's it i'm yeah. i was way off there never mind vidiots is not a crook <laughs> <laughs> i did not have sexual relations with that vidiots <laughs> exactly <laughs> Ploppy McPlopface. Mr. B- oh, Mr. Black, but two weeks late. What's the French for 19? Oh, don't make me do French. Dinou? Dishnuf. 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 Ha. Got him. Got you. Got Oui. Thank you very much. <laughs> Scott Chegg. Very good. Mm-hmm. Big Titty Jesus, 42. Keys Keys. Billy Ray Cypress. Had a big shit. 
<laughs> and the generous, I can be trusted with a gun. He he. The annotations. He he. Smiley face. Uh, I, oh, the, the URL. Oh, the URL. HTTPS colon slash slash. Uh, they've sent us the, the, a genius link to the Dick and Dom Stoke on Trent song lyrics. And they say, I told you about Feldhues and I told you about this. I'm your ghostwriter at this point. Expect a visit from me to collect my salary. I have a Colt revolver from a war. Is that a threat? Is that- oh my God. <laughs> this, this, it goes to strange places, this donation message. I couldn't really make heads or tails of it. I oh have my God. a Colt revolver from our war or the war. Hang on, what did our that say? War. Our war. Our war. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Please stay away from us. Thank you. Thank you for the money. Thank you so much. We'll Thank send it you. back if you probably mean it won't come near us. Oh, wow, yeah, the genius, there's a genius article and it's got like annotations and everything for, it, you know, key, key bits of information. It translates the word pussy for pussycat as female genital and they've been upvoted once or twice that's been upvoted as a, as a translation. <laughs> Stoke on Trent, home of Job Centre. <laughs> Fantastic. It's good. And oh, that's it. For... <laughs> My favourite place is annotated as was a primary school, but got banned for two-footing a reception. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What is this? Uh, if, you, if you scroll down on the website, it uses the BBC font. It's really throwing me off. Oh, oh very, yeah. Very good. In the Lose Yourself um, bit, um, in the notes, it's just the entire lyrics to Eminem's Lose Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the top, the top. There are four contributors, apparently. Wow. Uh, MC Flap Kisser. Oh. Jimmy Savile 69. Oh, no. Uh, cool G21 and Big Daddy Benji Boy. Oh, nice. What a squad. <laughs> Jeez. <What>? Okay. <laughs> um, well, the the list continues with uh, the Tiny Troop, Don Echo 7, Finn Tristam, Rip Scott Hall, uh, the very generous Ben returns to F1, who says, I'm sorry, Ben, but I had to mention that Kevin Magnuson, blonde man with beard, is back in F1. In serious talk, thank you for providing an occasional escape from helping my mum to deal her mum changing last year. Oh, dear. Okay. Oh, dear. Wow. That's, that, I think that's, uh, yeah, appropriating the vidiots changing. Yeah, it oh. is. Oh, <laughs> wow, gosh. that's kind of dark um, i'm sorry about the passing of your grandma yeah i'm very sorry to hear that but uh it's an interesting way of putting it certainly <laughs> it's, thank you uh, so much all the best thank, thank you for your generosity hope you're, doing, hope you're doing well uh big ben to massive muhammad mr blobby's blobber job vidiotsofficial.com uh, bargain hunt butt plug peter peter pumpkin fucker oh <laughs> uh <laughs> Ben, will you marry me? Mr. No. Blobby becomes a roofer. I've sharted, so I'll finish. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, Mystic Chegg, who was very generous, that's a good name, and said, ordered a bumpus for tea. Extra garlic was £1.50. Jesus. But I had a half price coupon, so please take the change. Keep up the good work, boys. Uh, thank, thank you, you. Mr. Chegg. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
Uh, Skipton Castle, Best Castle. It is a pretty good castle. I've been there. Is it? Uh, yeah. Bartek, who was very generous and said, In these terrible times, you make me laugh to tears. Thanks again also for including me, even if it was tasteless and too long. Because uh, Bartek provided the Polish foods in the previous episode. Um, I forgot about Tsiki Teskiewicz biscuits, which translates to mother-in-law's tits. <laughs> As you can imagine, they are delicious. Oh, no. <laughs> How did you forget that one, Bartek? Come on. Uh, ben Potter is Kevin Magnuson. Yeah. Uh, and fucking sandwich travesty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Not that. Brilliant. Thank you. Uh, the final uh, group, the first crew, we've got monscas.swf. Yes? Is that what you Yeah. Yeah, monscas. Monscas. Mucky Pete Bin. Open, Vlad. I want to put in these nuts. Oh, nice. Uh, we stand with Ukraine. Just yes, keep yes, swimming, yes. Ash. Mr. Black on time this time. Mr. Black on time this time. Me. Peter Yuck, anyone's yum, Austin. Uh, Mr. Macca, the very generous lonely Marmite sandwich who says longtime viewer making his first donation. Keep up all the great work. Thank Cheers, you very fella. much. Thank you so much. Uh, nasty name for Ben to say out loud. That's disgusting. Come on. Abhorrent. Uh, on <laughs> contrasting that. Fingy come outer bum stinky. Thank you. Uh, pack yeah. of Dave Benson and Hedges. <laughs> very generous Bobbly Noriho, who says it was an honour to participate in the DBP toilet seat bidding war. I'll admit that the red mist descended in those final few seconds and I pushed the price far beyond what I could afford. But the faster man or woman won, as did a worthy charity. Bravo. Thank you. Thank Jeez, you. Thank efforts. you very much. <laughs> thank you. Tommy the Spank Engine, Prince Beefcakes, and Wilma Dickfit. Thank you so much. That is your uh, pod squad <sighs> for this week. We'll give you a shout out again at the end of the show. Uh, three pounds or more. Streamlabs.com forward slash podiats donations. Peter Austin. I've got questions here. I've got one from Traveling Badger who said Nadine Dorries, Dor- Dor- Dorries who's somehow Secretary of State for Digital, (laughs) recently asked Microsoft when it was going to, quote, get rid of algorithms. Is there anything you would want removed from the web? Say, an annoying meme or a website or app that makes life worse. Secretary of State for Digital... Hang on. Uh, for digital, culture, media and sport. Okay. That's a hell of a banner to be be in charge of, yeah. The the, the the best thing from like these these court cases with like massive massive internet conglomerates is just the, the asinine questions that get asked. Yeah, it's say like people are asking like business stuff. Like how do, how does it work? Like how how is this stored? Is it is it just in the air? Uh, no, it's it's hard drives and data centers. But how yeah, does that's why it's important to elect people who know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, not people who share minion memes on Facebook and that kind of. Yes, thing. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Facebook. Get in yes, the God, instant, just get away. We've, we've had this hand of time. Let's bring back Bebo or something good. Some good-natured yeah. social media. Anything you've done or worked on that you don't like? Well, that was partly <laughs> what I thought of when the question was asked. I was like, is there anything out there that I find kind of, you know, embarrassing or um, that I wish had, had been, you know, could be taken down? I don't think there's anything that springs to mind. I mean, I guess, like... 
maybe looking back now at some of my earlier what culture stuff, I I'm sure that I would find some of those, you know, kind of kind of a little bit off. Um, mm. We've come a long way in terms of you know presenting and writing and so on. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, I don't think I care enough that they're they're on the internet. I don't think I'd want them removed. Um, I mean, my gut was I was going to say something along the lines of Facebook. I don't know. What about you guys? Anything else? I, uh, I'm, I maybe this is just nostalgia speaking, but I, I miss the, the the good old days of what I consider the golden age of the internet. Where it feels like now, whenever I'm on the internet, I flick between three sites, and that's about it, and that's yeah. <laughs> that's about all I consume. And I, I miss the days where I had like a forum for everything, mm. like different communities. Now it's all like consolidated into one place with Discord and whatnot. But I subreddits and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's not the same. I, I mean, it, it is by all means the same, but it's not the same if you know what I mean. Yeah, so I think no, I'd, I... I'd I'd fragment the internet and make things more difficult, but it it, it would make you know the pursuits the discoveries more exciting and more meaningful and it's all too easy now i agree like some of the communities i was involved in when i was you know kind of maybe like 13 14 and i was like i was really hazed onto the internet by people that i you know shared forums with and uh you know that yeah like some of the some of the stuff that i saw at that age and some of the stuff i was subjected to I think in a way it was quite character building. Um, I know that there's obviously there's, there's, there are lines. There are certainly Peter doesn't feel anything and, anymore. And they were crossed. Yeah, well, yes. yeah, yeah, they probably were. But um, I, I, I sort of feel like I owe a lot to that sort of era of the internet um, because I was a I was a member of forums for like um, people who were doing. I mean, I didn't do flash animation, but like there was a forum that were, had a load of animators on it and. Um, you know stuff like that like I think that it kind of teaches you like what works creatively in terms of like you know making making funny content and so on um, and I think yeah. like being part of a community like that probably in some way has shaped the kind of sense of humor that I've got and like the way that I probably write things and so on so uh, yeah I think like there's a lot to be said for like smaller communities that are slightly lawless. You know, it's a bit of a Wild West internet, yeah. but uh, yeah, all within the realms of keeping people safe still. I wouldn't want anyone, you know, getting in getting in trouble. But yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, again, this might be me being old man yells at cloud, but, you know, it's it, everything right now is very cloud chasey. You know, it's 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 mm. very much get, get numbers big. That's the goal. Mm. But I think, yeah, back, I mean, at least when I was on forums, like sharing crappy stickman animations, just, it was just a group of people sharing shit and, and telling you like the most detestable words you've ever seen and yeah. leading you to shock sites. And I miss that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You also have to remember though, that the access to the internet is, is at an unprecedented level compared to where we were. Yeah, so, for sure. I mean, that's the reason, isn't well, it, really? Well, you know, we all saw fucked up stuff as kids on the internet. Like, infants have iPads, you know? Yes. There's, yes. There's, so that's there's a level of safeguarding that has to be considered. But you are right about the clout chasing. Like, it actively impacts Peter and I's day job, obviously, every day, uh, because we don't have the right, perhaps, number of people we don't we don't have the right number next to a particular profile to be taken seriously by such and such place for example you like know. yeah certain pr or whatever so it's not about the quality of the work you're putting out it's about 
what number does that say? And that yeah. is important, but at the same time, it you know, there's this whole toxic culture surrounding it where such importance is put on those numbers, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you put it like that, in, in a sense, I mean, in terms of my day job, I wouldn't wish for this, but in a, <laughs> from a different angle, I would wish that... Uh, YouTube wasn't monetizable. You know, if you could go back to the days yeah. before there were ads, before people mm-hmm. were doing it to make a living, people were just doing it for, I mean, there were still obviously metrics like view counts and sub counts and stuff. And so people were still kind of, there was still an element of clout chasing even back then. But I think when people are just doing it essentially for the love of it and for a hobby and to just kind of, again, there was a, more of a sense of community back then, I would say. Whereas mm-hmm. now it's, it's either big businesses, you know, like media networks, or it's, yeah, individuals, but they essentially are a business. They're a brand. They're, you know, they have huge bank accounts and uh, deal with PR and stuff like that. I kind of miss just, you know, bedroom webcam vloggers and yeah. people yeah. just going out and about and doing stupid stuff. I agree. Uh, very selfishly, I'd actually get rid of Fortnite. Wow, I would would wipe. And that's not because I think Fortnite is bad. And I'm really glad so many, mostly kids, enjoy it. The problem is that that it's such an unprecedented success. And we've definitely, you know, you can go check out Triple Jump if you want to hear more about this kind of topic of conversation. (laughs) But it's such an unprecedented level of success that it started to negatively impact the other games that I enjoy as other companies try to copy that success. And I don't like that. I think Fortnite is so successful that it kind of should be left alone and keep that shit out of my otherwise single player games, please. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, just wipe, just wipe it off. Just get rid of it. Sorry, like, sorry, every kids. Ga- every game that comes out now is open world Minecraft Fortnite, essentially. Yeah, my <laughs> service. <laughs> Gotta have yeah. it. Don't like it. There we are. Wonderful. Uh, who's got a thing? I've got a thing. Yeah, I've got a lovely little thing. My thing uh, is in regards to crime, punishment, and most importantly, justice. If you oh. want to hear about that. Punishment, and most importantly, crime. <laughs> Best ingredient. Right, so this is a, a tale that's um, been developing over the last couple of months. I'm slightly late to the party, but um, I still think it's, it's it's such a fun little little romp. I, I can't not share it. Okay. Um, so this is in regards to our big fella, our number one guy, Hank the Tank. Okay. Right. Are you guys familiar with him? Yes, I am. I don't know if I am. Oh, you've probably seen him about. He's a, he's, a, he's a good boy. Well, he's not a good boy, but we'll get into that. Or is he? Oh, who'll decide? We'll find out. So, yes, you may know him as Hank the Tank, but the California Department of Fish and Wildlife knows him as a threat to the Lake Tahoe neighborhood in California. I think Hank. it's California. God, I said that with such confidence. <laughs> Lake Tahoe in Atlanta. California. It straddles the straight line. Oh, I don't know where it is. Anyway, oh, it's it. Yeah, it's in California. It's on the state line. Anyway, okay. Four months now, the five hundred pound black bear has been roaming the streets in the Tahoe Keys area of South Lake Tahoe. In the span of seven months, the animal caused extensive damage at thirty-three properties and forcefully entered at least forty homes. Oh. Which is a, just a terrifying image. Like you imagine a five hundred pound bear, and it's it's bigger. It's bigger than you think. It's an I'm looking at pictures unit. now. <laughs> it's a big boy. I'm not familiar with this at all. Oh, it's it's it's, it's a it's a roller coaster of a story. Uh, a Facebook post 
paste. Yeah, a lovely, delicious paste um, <laughs> by the department says he broke through a small window and somehow squeezed inside a house Friday when no one was there. He did not break into the garage, however, which is where the trash was kept. Clearly, this bear's only interested in the good, high-quality stuff. The food in the houses. Officers banged on the exterior of the home until he left through the back door. Which <laughs> he very politely opened the door and just scarfed off. Uh, there's, a, there's a picture attached to this of um, the window he squeezed through. It's like it's it's like a, a big cat flap, and I've got no idea how he managed to get through it. It's absolutely, absolutely impressive, so I commend his efforts. And, and Saturday, he is believed to have broken down a front door to enter yet another home. Police said they haven't confirmed the bear is Hank yet, but believe it is likely him. There have been no direct attacks on humans or pets in the areas, the fish and the wildlife department said. So Hank's only interested in it for the food. He's, he's, not, he's not here to cause trouble. Well, I mean, he is, but, you know, he's responsible <laughs> with his trouble. He's not a danger. He's just hungry. Residents have flooded police lines with worried calls and the wildlife department said more than 100 individual reports of the bear have come in to the South Lake Tahoe police. Though many residents have come face to face with the uh, the giant creature, Hank is known in the area as a quote-unquote gentle giant. Um, I'm just going to say it. Fuck that. I don't care how gentle a bear is supposed to be. If I see that thing come towards me, I'm, 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 I'm fleeing. Yeah. The second I can. Uh, and I say here, the gentle giant is constantly hungry, which makes sense for his size. Despite his harmlessness, authorities are determined to put a stop to the bear's wandering due to the property damage and fear he causes people. Wildlife Department spokesperson Peter Tira told CNN they have been tracking incidents with this black bear since the spring of 2021. Uh, incidents primarily occurred over the fall, uh, summer and fall of 2021 when the bear was in hyperphagia, uh, adding calories to survive the winter. This bear, according to the CDFW, has lost its fear of people almost entirely and now just associates people with access to food. And his large size helps him break into homes as he can push through front doors and garage doors with ease. <laughs> oh, what a terrifying image. Whatever he wants. Yeah, fuck you, he's a bear. You can't stop him. Just hide. Local residents, as well as authorities, have attempted to frighten Hank away with loud noises, paintball guns, and even tasers, but he continues to forage into homes. The bear patrol must be working like a charm. (laughs) Very good, very good. (laughs) There are a few options to keep the community safe, uh, the community and the bear safe. Got relocation, placing the bear in a facility, or, as a last resort, euthanasia. This Mm. lap... This last option has local bear advocacy groups such as the Bear League concerned. I love the Bear League. They are so good, isn't it? What what, what a team of superheroes. <laughs> Bet it's and, never even got any bears in it. <laughs> they're just big fans of bears. Anne Bryant, executive director of the group, told CNN affiliate KCRA, the bear does not have to die. Um, and so this was the, the first article where Hank was exposed to, to the global population. And just a few short weeks afterwards, there was an exciting development in the case. DNA evidence has found that the black bear, nicknamed Hank the Tank, and it's just for fun here, um, also known as Jake, or Yogi, or simply Big Guy. (laughs) Really good selection of nicknames there. (laughs) Uh, Turns out Hank the Tank is in fact at least three hefty bears who have damaged Whoa. more than 30 properties wow. around lake tahoe so our boy was getting you know, is, is they're threatening framed. are they just yeah, all wrapped been... up like in a big long overcoat so he can walk around and <laughs> buy 
by 18 VHSs. It's just three bears in a skin. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so our poor boy. Um, he was threatening the worst for them. Turns out he wasn't. He wasn't alone, and it would have it would have had no impact on proceedings if if they got rid of this bear. Because turns out there's a whole gang. Wow. The inquisitive sleuth of chunky bears faces being trapped by the Department of Fish and Wildlife on Thursday to collect evidence for genetic analysis. The trio will then be released in a suitable habitat, and the agency said no trapped animals will be euthanized as part of the project. So, uh, counting this as a victory, at least so far. Excellent. The bears are responsible for more than 150 instant reports in the region straddling Northern California and Nevada, including a break-in at a residence in the Tahoe Keys area last week. These are all. This is from a mix of articles, so this is all past tense now. Um, <laughs> I think it's, this is quarter of the century. Um, from Peter Tira. What's problematic about this bear is how large it is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's true, yeah. Accurate. <laughs> Once the trapping efforts begin, the three hanks, at least, uh, three hanks at least, there we go, right, emphasis, emphasis mm-hmm. may well form a brigade. There was <laughs> outrage from the residents over the bear hunt and even attempts to scare away the bear from the area by playing noisy music or spray painting the phrase bear killer on traps, even though Hank himself can't read. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's very bizarre. Uh, this, this, Hank, this is no. Just <laughs> put a sign there saying, what? Hank, do not eat this bait. Do not go in cage. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is, this is the signs of a community uh, grip with fear. <laughs> Trying anything. Uh, Classic bear league. <laughs> Classic Bear League. Oh, no, this is the anti-Bear League, the ABL. Oh, no. Uh, where was I? Da, da, da. When residents believed the sleuth of bears was just one, Hank, they reported that he was gentle and didn't cause any damage. However, not everyone is too fond of having a 500-pound teddy bear roaming the streets. A spokesperson for the local uh, California Department of Fish and Wildlife, can't get to say it a lot of times, um, he told, uh, Peter Tira told the New York Times... This is a bear that has lost all fear of people. It is a potentially dangerous situation. And on Wednesday, local police say they've been inundated with emergency calls about Hank. And after a while, the wildlife authorities in the area started facing numerous complaints. And they said, please stop calling us to give your opinions about Hank. They wrote in a Facebook <laughs> post. <laughs> the Bear League, who have been advocating for Hank, said in a Facebook post, Hank no longer has a death sentence hanging over him, and he is no longer going to have his freedom taken away from him by sending him to a sanctuary. We fully support this decision and are grateful for the investigation into the truth that was taken seriously by the experts within the CDFW. Plans are to place him in a... uh, Plans are in space... Oh, Jesus, Michael, this is a lot of... of, I'm out of practice. Plans are in place for a spring program to better monitor bear activity in the Keys and to help help with better trash management. Uh, Although that that seems futile because the bears are circumnavigating the trash and going straight to, you know, the the pile of hot dogs in someone's kitchen. (laughs) Meanwhile, along with all of us at the Bear League, Please be hang- Please be thankful that Hank. <laughs> Fuck me, please God. Be thankful. <laughs> please be thankful that Hank will be alive, wild, and free, beating my chest in victory. A boy got justice, despite the constant body shaming of him here. Come on, leave him alone. He's, he can't help it. He's so big. I like but, to think the Bear League with the three other bears. 
that they found DNA evidence for. <laughs> the be- <laughs> All these posts are written by bears. That creates a really good, yeah. Oh, the bears trying to free themselves. By, yeah, no, big fan of that. I'm trying to find pictures of the Bear League to see who and what they are, but sadly there's not a lot of resources. Damn. But yeah, that's the story of Hank the Tank. And wow. um, just just for reference, I'm going to chuck, a, chuck a, an image of Hank into... Oh, oh that's a big Hank. boy. Yeah, very There big. he is. That's he does him. look very coy and shy and polite. So. Yeah, he, he does, does. look very polite. Yeah, <laughs> that's a polite bear. Definitely a gentle giant. I agree with that description yeah. now. Gentle he's got, bear, no. He's got, he's got gentle eyes. Yeah, yeah. I'd, still. I don't know, I even, even if I knew, like, if someone said to me for a fact, no, this bear, 100% safe. I'm not going near that thing. No. Absolutely not. No. Nope. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the situation so far on Hank. Things could develop further. It's still early days, but at least hibernation uh, season's over. So theoretically, not as, not, he's not as ravenously hungry anymore. Yeah. We can't have another Harambe situation, so nobody hunt him, please. No, <laughs> please. Please, no. <laughs> I'll do that. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Mikey. Thank you for listening. Um, well, I've got quite a fitting question to move on to now from Corrosion Audio, James on Twitter, uh, who says, have any of you had any scary encounters with a wild animal? <laughs> Thank you, James. Uh, I've certainly not bumped into a 500-pound bear, but... Um, <laughs> No, so I think sadly in the UK it's not a particular hub for scary wildlife, is it? No, no, it's not. Um, but maybe when you've been abroad, or mm. uh, you know, maybe maybe in- insects, spiders, things like that. Um, I, uh, me and my sister were uh, in a field next to our house, and there was this dog in there, this like little terrier that looked just kind of harmless it was just kind of loose don't know where it had come from um and we knew that like you don't go over to dogs that you don't know uh but we were nowhere near it really we could just see it like just at the other end of the field and it kind of wandered over towards us very casual like looked like it was you know perfectly chill uh and then when it was quite close it suddenly ran over and just bit my sister on the leg and she had to go to, I don't know if she went to the GP or if she went to A&E, but they had to like, I don't know if they had to give her an injection or they had to find out whether she needed an injection. Uh, I don't know whether it was for, uh, I think actually like, I, I seem to remember it being a tetanus injection, even though that's from like rusty metal, isn't it? Yeah, rusty but maybe, dog. Rusty, rusty dog, dog. <laughs> yeah. Maybe for some reason you can get tetanus from dog teeth. I don't know. I don't think it was a rabies injection, but you never know. Uh, could have been. Um, what about you guys? You ever had any encounters, animal encounters? I think uh, I've, I've, I've had a couple now I think about it. I think two scariest were once on a holiday to Egypt as a kid. Um, went, you know, paddling around in the sea, having a merry old time. And just in the water, I see a sea snake coming towards me. Oh. And like... Like the other day, like me and my parents were discussing them because like, I think there's like warnings, warnings about them plus all of the hotel. And I saw that thing and I just did like a proper Homer Simpson yelp, like a, ah! and just, it's like, like, you know, when you're running in a dream and it's like slow motion and heavy yeah. and hard. And it was exactly like that thanks to being in water. And I just like powered through, got out of there, did not go back in the water again. Just, oh. uh, I think they're mostly safe, but I just, just oh, it's not, not a nice surprise to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, Turkey, just outside the hotel, we went out for a walk and 
a group of wild dogs was there and I was like, nope, <laughs> no, wow. absolutely not. That's unpredictable. Let's just stay in tonight. It's pretty terrifying. Well, in terms of domestic wildlife, I've been assaulted by seagulls before. Mm. Horrible bastards. Um, yeah. Once, once uh, just outside of the Yogg's office, a, a seagull p- picking apart a pigeon. That was nice. Oh. And uh, once in the town center, I just opened up my delicious, quite expensive sandwich. About to take the first bite. Seagull swoops down, smacks you in the face, smacks it out my hands, and then 20 seagulls all piled in on it. And oh I just had to stand God. and watch as a massive group of people all just quietly laughed at me. And it's great. <laughs> and now I, I hate seagulls forever. <laughs> Screw them. Embarrass Jeez. me. Uh, I think, yeah, mice in general. I hate mice. They're just skittish. Ugh, weird. No, oh, really? Not nice. you're, not a, you're not a mice fan? I, if they're enclosed, it's fine. But when they're out in the open, they're really unpredictable. And mm. I don't like uncertainty in an animal. And yeah, they're cute to look at. But no, just just slow down, guys. Be slow. <laughs> just can deal with that. Stop being rodents, please. <laughs> yeah. Stop that. Uh, I've never really encountered any scary animals um i was when i was in primary school i was bitten by a dog Mm. Uh, oh really yeah i was just walking to the bus stop and this guy was walking his dog and the dog was barking at me but i was you know i had to walk past the dog and then the dog just bit me on the hamstring like just below my ass jesus bit me on the back of the leg i was like what the i didn't know how to react he was like oh bad dog and then just walked off i'm like okay never got it checked out um I think it, you know, clearly wasn't as bad as your sister's situation, uh, but I guess because the the one that bit her, we didn't know whether it was like owned or stray or what. Right. Whereas, uh, yeah, this one was two... definitely owned, but yeah, don't know much more about it. But that's it. That's my only real scary experience with animals. Yeah. Have I, Have I ever talked about my brother's anxious dog? Like clinically anxious? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, my brother's got um, two French bulldogs. Um, like really sweet animals, very cute. Breathing problems for days, but you know, cute. Mm. That's the main thing. Um, and one of them's fine, totally, totally chill dog. But the other one, for some reason, just has this deep sense of dread and anxiety instilled into his every fiber. And so he's he's, he's great around my brother and his wife. Like gets on fan with them, but anyone else, he, he transforms into this scared, rabid dog. Um, and I, I've never crapped myself so much. We were, we were going out for a walk with them. It's like, all right, let's get in the car. Um, I got the lucky seat of being in the, the back seat with the dogs. <laughs> and just as we pulled out, one of the dogs just snapped at me, started barking in my face ferociously. And I was like, oh God, oh God. Deep down, I knew it wasn't going to hurt me. Like these dogs, it was just fear. It wasn't anger or anything like that. Yeah. So for the rest of the car ride, my brother had to drive one hand on the wheel, one hand on the dog, keeping him back Jesus. while he barked at oh me for the God. entire journey. It's horrifying. See, this is um, why I'm not a huge fan of dogs. I don't dislike dogs, and I had a dog growing up, but it's mm. things like this. They they have the capacity for unspeakable violence <laughs> yes. that, yeah. that kind yes. of puts me off ever really owning one as an adult. Yeah. I don't really What's like that? meeting other people's dogs either. It's always, oh, she's so friendly. And then it's like, rawr, 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 and they're like right in your fucking face. It's like, <laughs> get out of my personal space, please. Yeah. I much prefer yeah. cats. They just sort of, they don't they don't need me, and that's fine. Yeah. yeah. After having a cat for well, a year now, um, very much on the cat side of the fence. Cats, cats are the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not willing to draw a line in the sand like that because I know people oh. get really tribal about it. But yeah, oh, no. I've had negative experiences great. with dogs. Yeah. 
Oh, I've sorry. The key impetus of the story with uh, my mm. brother's dogs was that he went to doggy therapy for months. Doggy therapy. <laughs> wow. Yes, yes, that exists. Um, so I think as you know, exercise to try and calm him down, get him used to new places, new people. Um, I think it went well. Um, but unfortunately, he's, he's he's back to his usual anxious anxious self. Oh, he's, no. he's, he's he's just a scary dog. Man, well meaning, but um, no, thank you. Keep him away from me. Yeah, oh, a therapist. <laughs> The therapists. Yeah, yeah. Therapists? They, they were at my brother's wedding wearing little tuxedos, and that was cute. But, um, they barked through the <laughs> entire ceremony. No wonder they're furious. <laughs> Wildly. And then, bloody hell, after the ceremony, we went out to the foyer, the the, the place, and um, a horse wagon, that's what they're called, right, pulled up. Two, no, one giant horse came coming out. And I was like, no, please don't. This is like um, the, the, the wife's um, beloved horse. I was like, please don't, don't let the dogs and horse be near each other. Please, oh, I don't want to get no. kicked in the face. And obviously, instantly they started barking, and they were they were escorted away from the premises for some photos. But Jesus, yeah, fun, fun, brilliant. Wow. <laughs> I once went canoeing in was it in France, I think. We're just going down. It's like where you you hire the canoes at one place, you you ride them for like forty minutes downstream and then you drop them off with the other person who works for the company, like mm-hmm. down down the river. And as we were going along, at one point, uh we just noticed there was a snake in the water coming towards oh. us, just like kind of uh kind of doing a like a left right wobbly body maneuver. I don't know how to describe <laughs> it, you know, like an S it's slithering. S- well yeah, but in the water. So slithering to me implies kind of going on the on ground. But yeah, slithering in the water, but very, very S shaped, kind of waving left and right. Uh just coming right towards the canoe. Um I think it was probably just crossing the river, but it, the way it had lined up, uh it was just coming directly at us. So again, like Mikey would just suddenly desperately start paddling. There's Nothing quite like a snake coming towards your boat to make you get some uh, get some gains. <laughs> so it's time for a thing. Ben, would you like to do a thing? Sure. Oh yeah, I'll do a thing. Okay. Uh, are you guys familiar with the subreddit "Am I the Asshole"? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I've not actually taken this from "Am I the Asshole," but for people who are unfamiliar. Uh, it's when you, well, people go on there and they post their stories and they ask, am I the asshole based on the story? Or like, is the per- other person involved the asshole? And people have to react and let them know if they're the asshole or not. Or who is the asshole? Or if there are indeed any assholes. I saw this story on the Metro, uh, metro.co.uk. And um, I really don't know how to feel about it. Because it's it's painted in a really ambiguous way that makes it seem like someone did the right thing by getting revenge for something that happened to them. Right. But they come off sounding fucking awful. And like you can see both sides, but it's really morally gray. So I want to do our own. Am I the asshole? And I really want to know what you guys think, because I'm very conflicted and I'm not going to read this. I'm going to try to read this quite straight without any inflection or emphasis to influence this (laughs) telling of the story, but feel free to interrupt me at any point. Here we go. This is a story posted today at 3.51pm, the 23rd of March when we're recording, um, on the Metro, written by James Hockaday. And the title is, Dancer waited eight years for revenge on woman who ended her career. So here we are. A former dancer has told how she waited nearly a decade to get revenge on a rival who pushed her off stage, ending her career. 
Landon LaRue wanted to be a dancer since she was a toddler and achieved her dream of joining a company at the age of 17, but she claims that her career came to a sudden end in a row about a boy. She said a colleague pushed her off stage after she saw her talking to her love interest. The dig digital, uh, let me try that again. The digital marketing manager added the fall uh, left her unable to dance and she had to leave the company. Landon, who is now 35, waited eight years to get her revenge when a mutual friend told her her nemesis was getting married. With just three days to go before the big day, Landon claims she called all the wedding suppliers to cancel the big day. Landon said, <laughs> I always wanted to be a dancer. My mom still has pictures of me performing when I was two or three years old. There's some photos. After being enrolled in classes throughout her childhood, she made it into her dance company at just 17 years old and was the youngest there. Landon said she was shoved by a dancer who was 20 at the time as she talked to a colleague her attacker had a crush on. We were just friends. I didn't have a car, so he would drive me to church, she added. She ran up and did a cartoonish hip bash and pushed me off the stage while taking my place. At first I didn't feel anything because of the adrenaline, but then it started to hurt and my ankle was swollen. Everyone thought I was overreacting until I started to cry and I was taken to the hospital. London broke her ankle and and it says, and was, says she was devastated when she realised she'd have to drop out of the dance company as she would be in recovery for too long. I went off to university and danced as a backup option, but eventually realised I wouldn't be a dancer as I still couldn't point my foot and can't to this day, she added. Oh. Landon, from Los Angeles, says she fell into a depression and developed an eating disorder as well as a fear of heights in the aftermath of the incident. The girl never apologised for what she did. I would have fantasies of her falling off the stage, but never actually planned on doing anything, she added. Couple more photos. She said she only spotted her opportunity to exact revenge when a mutual friend at the company told her she was the maid of honour at the rival's wedding. Landon said she wasn't even getting married to the guy she had pushed me off the stage for and she had left dancing to be a teacher. She didn't even live the life she sacrificed my career for and I was angry. My friend had the wedding binder and left me alone with it. Landon oh says she God. took pictures of every page and waited three days before the wedding to call practically every vendor to cancel. She claims the photographer was a family member so she didn't contact them but still she had called more than enough people. She had no flowers, linen, makeup artist, venue or caterer but still had to pay for their services, said Landon. Sometime after the wedding, the maid of honour told me that the couple had wed in her back garden and that she had to do her own hair and makeup. Eventually, the bride found out who was responsible and Landon apologised despite the career-ruining incident, she claims. The saboteur added, She said it was the worst day of her life and I did feel bad about what I had done. I wanted to bury the hatchet. She had just given birth to her first baby and was feeling empathetic, Aww. so she didn't press charges. I've moved on and wouldn't do anything like that again. I'm over it. The incident <clears throat> scarred me for life and installed a fear of heights and an eating disorder, but I've learned how to process things after years of therapy and would act differently. If I had my time again, I would probably have sued her for the above instead of plotting a long revenge. Shit. And that's the story. Wow. Okay, immediate thoughts. Michael Johnson. I, uh, God, it's like a real villain story arc, isn't it? It's like... Eight years of festering over this incident. Like, it brought my career to an end. It's unjust. God, that is tricky. I mean, it's, it's, it's extreme on both sides. It's extreme. It must be unbelievably sad to have your dreams stripped away from you like that from one stupid little incident. But eight years of festering. And I guess just that opportunity arose. And I was like, oh, this is it. We're going to do it. Do or die. Yeah. Peter Austin. I don't... Oh, sorry, I don't... I, I don't think... 
I don't think it was justified. I think they could have, you know, act, enacted revenge in a, in a much more petty way. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess they want to sit like if it's had if it's had serious ramifications on their life, then they want you know eye for an eye and all that. <laughs> want to make sure they have the same pain. But I God, think that is a hell of a move, cancelling an entire wedding. Like that's devious. <laughs> I think it's pretty, obviously it's really bad what happened in the first place to be left with like the injury and like an eating disorder and a fear mm. of heights and a career ending thing. Like that's all terrible. I don't think anyone questions that, but it is such a, I mean, it's such a like mum or grandma or teacher thing, but it's very much like two wrongs don't make a right. And I just yeah. feel like, yeah, I agree that like maybe there should have been some kind of petty revenge, like even something that is that is quite inconvenient and like you know a bit of an asshole thing to do out you know objectively like painting someone's car you know when people like write i am a cheat on their their partner's car or something like that yeah. you know that yeah. kind of thing where yeah it's quite a it's quite a strong thing to do and it you know leaves someone with a financial you know hit and various you know various things but you only you only get like one wedding potentially uh and it's like it takes you like a year or more to plan it uh maybe two years and to just like undo all of that i just think there's like it's it's not very it's not a very concentrated revenge is it it's got it's got bigger ramifications for the greater family it's 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 a real and it's not even like kind of you know poetic justice like maybe the, they should should have done some kind of some kind of revenge that like related to the to the initial incident like i'm not saying they should have pushed her off a stage or something but <laughs> sent her a high you know, heel with a broken heel or something like that yeah just something like that but you know to be like oh you ruined my career so i'm going to destroy your wedding yeah. i don't know i just think that's that's kind of dark really and also it won't have brought that person a great deal of satisfaction or like to, no. to feel like there's a lot of justice they might have felt in the moment that like oh yeah that was great but um then you're still you know when the the kind of the high of that has worn off be it in a few hours or a few days or a few weeks you're still left with you know oh i never got to be a dancer and that person cost yeah. me that and i hate them for it and it's like okay so you still hate them you're still unhappy all you've done is ruined not just that person's wedding, but the partner that they were going to marry and all the family who were excited. And, you know, even like the suppliers of all the stuff for the wedding, like, well, if, I know they get their, get to keep their deposits and stuff, but, um, you know, they, they won't have had to pay like full price for everything. So, so many people are impacted by that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of ranting now. I think partly because I'm like very <laughs> close to finishing wedding. planning a wedding. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I totally it's... agree though. Sorry, Mikey, go on. No, it's, it's, weddings are like booked like years in advance because you know places get booked really quickly. So they're probably now waiting another year or so to get that venue back. You know, like it's oh. It's well, they painful. got married in the garden, didn't they? Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm 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 curious how this came out because surely if if you did this if you enacted this revenge yeah. you'd use a false name you'd like you you would just keep hush about it you'd watch it unfold and never speak about it but mm-hmm. well she fact, found out a news who it was she it, oh. it came out apparently that's what it said in the article is that the 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 wedding haver 
the pusher <laughs> found out who who it was and she reached out. But yeah, out. like we just wonder how that happened. Yeah, how 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 she found out. I think everyone's the asshole in this situation, but I mm. I don't know why. Yes. I don't know why Landon, the person who got pushed off the stage and then fucked up this person's wedding, would would come forward with this story because it paints them like a really horrible person. As you yeah. said, yeah. Mikey, yeah, it's it's awful what happened to them. This person who pushed them was 20 years old. They should have apologised, absolutely, yeah. and it was a terrible yeah. thing to do. But her justification of... She's she's not even a dancer anymore. She's a teacher, and she's not even getting <laughs> married to the boy. She but like, how fucking petty can you get? Like that's yeah, insane that's to fuck up this person's wedding when they've just had a kid and every. Oh my god, it's awful. And there is, I would say, there's a slight difference in terms of like maturity. I mean, again, it doesn't justify yeah. it, but there's a difference in maturity from like a twenty year old pushing you off stage over a boy versus mm. a twenty what twenty eight year old. Mm ruining someone's wedding like you should know better by that age you should sort of know better by the age of 20 but uh you know some people are still in a kind of mentality at that age where you know they're basically still acting like a teenager but very few people still behave like teenagers at 28 other than this person seemingly yeah it's pathetic and it's a really bad look i'm not saying she should lose her job but as a media marketing manager whatever the fuck she's called that shit's gonna follow her everywhere why would she yeah i don't know i don't God, get it yeah the article was weirdly ambiguous as well like it didn't take a side and i'm not really sure why or what kind of story it was trying to tell because it just made this person that it was about look fucking awful yeah i don't, I don't really get it it's just both assholes, I guess. That's there's yeah. no there's no winner here. But we don't know both how much losers. growth the, the other person has had in that time, yeah. you know, because they could be a they totally different thought, person like, I've, now. I've done terrible things. They might have spent their life. I mean, this is unlikely, but they might have spent their life like making donations to dancing charities yes. because they feel terrible about <laughs> visiting what they did. everyone who's broken an ankle in local hospitals yeah. and stuff. You don't. You and then it's like, them. hey, remember me. I fucked yeah, up you, your wedding. You know when everything mysteriously went wrong at once for no reason? Yeah. It's God, awful. Okay. But there we are. It, that's that's yeah. my thing. Let us know what you think, people listening. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. Good to weigh in. I mean, we didn't we didn't have a, a strict judgment on who won there, but, I mean, yeah, it's, it's tricky. No, one, no, one's, no one's doing well out of this. No, I don't think so. Why did you do this? I've so. uh, got a question here from a tiny demon. Uh, at it's underscore Lisa underscore arts, who says, at what point does a nap become a sleep? When it's satisfying. (laughs) I think if it crosses over from daytime to nighttime, potentially, Mm. you know, Uh, maybe. Yeah, I guess Mm. so. But what if you theoretically slept for like eight hours in the middle of the day? I'm not saying I've ever done that, but well, yeah, people I would call nights. that asleep. People work night shifts and stuff. So, well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, true. irrespective of like my reasons for doing it, if I, if I, if it gets to one p.m. and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm really tired. If I sleep from one p.m. till like eight p.m. in the summer and the sun's still up, do you, do you still think that's a nap? I mean, that's a good point. I think duration plays a big factor. I think yeah. you know because you can. I think it, time of day matters as well. I don't think people mm. are going to be napping at night time, realistically, no. depending on no. your, your day-night cycle. So if you get like two or three hours sleep and then go to work in the morning, I think that's still a sleep. That's not a nap. But if you're yeah. during your working day, whatever form that takes, or during the day where you've already had a, a proper sleep than the night or the day before, 
mm. that's probably a nap. But then if it goes on too long, it's asleep. I don't know. You make a good point, actually. I was going to say, for me, that like it just feels like nap becomes sleep after, I don't know exactly what, but maybe two hours or three hours. Like, if you sleep for more than, let's say, two and a half hours, or th- I'll say three hours. If you sleep more than three hours, I was going to say, then you're, you're sleeping, you're not napping anymore. But... Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it 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 kind of depends. Like, if if you slept for three hours in the night, if you couldn't get off until like one a.m. and then you had to get up at four for whatever reason, that's not like oh well, you had a nap that night. It's you had a sleep, mm. so definitely time of day factors in. I th- I think you're both jumping the gun here. It's it's not about you know what happens when you close your eyes. It's about the intent before the eyes are closed. <laughs> what well, is yeah. the purpose of this? Is is it like a sleep is it denotes the end of the day it's it's a it's a reset it's a refresh but mm. a nap is more of just it's a it's a break it's a boost it's it may, it may run over you may have good intentions but end up doing a big sleep but in the end of the day i think that still counts as a nap yeah no matter how long it was if you went into it hoping to you know just as a, a mild interim to your day to keep you going i think you're, yeah, you're right and right. also you can i think naps are deliberate sleeps can just yeah. happen like if you mm. fall asleep on the sofa yeah, that, you could call that a nap, but it wasn't intentional. I feel like a nap is a planned yeah. recharge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you could be right. I think that's it. It's just whatever you're intending it to be is what it is, no matter how long it is or what time of day it is. Really, yeah, um, that could be it. Yeah. I may have solved it there. Nice. Wow. Well, thanks, Tiny Demon, for that <laughs> question. Good. Um, we sorted it. I have got a thing here. It's um. It's sort of a weird Wikipedia in that this does exist on Wikipedia as a write-up, but mm. I wanted a longer, more detailed version, which I found on iflscience.com. Okay. Um, but you can find this on Wikipedia. Uh, but here we go. This is written by... Uh, do we have a... Is it at the bottom? Hello? Who wrote this? <laughs> it is written by... James Felton. Um, 22nd of July, 2021. Uh, IFL Science. The mouse utopia experiment that turned into an apocalypse. Oh my god, okay. (laughs) This gets quite intense. Over the last few hundred years, the human population of Earth has seen an increase, taking us from estimated 1 billion in 1804 to 7 billion in 2017. Throughout this time, concerns have been raised that our numbers may outgrow our ability to produce food, leading to widespread famine. Some, the Malthusians, even took a view that uh, as resources ran out, the population would, quote, control itself through mass deaths until a sustainable population was reached. As it happens, advances in farming, changes in farming practices, and new farming technology have given us enough food to feed 10 billion people, but it's how the food is distributed which has caused mass famine and starvation. It makes you sick, doesn't it? It's lovely. Uh, As we use our resources and the climate crisis worsens, this could all change. But for now, we uh, we have always been able to produce more food than we need, even if we lack the will or ability to distribute it to those that need it. But while everyone was worried about a lack of resources, one behavioural researcher in the 1970s sought to answer a different question. What happens to society if all our appetites are catered for and all of our needs are met? The answer, (laughs) according to his study, was an awful lot of cannibalism, shortly followed by an apocalypse. What? (laughs) Okay. 
John B. Calhoun set about creating a series of experiments that would essentially cater to every need of rodents and then track the effect on the population over time. The most infamous of the experiments was named, quite dramatically, Universe 25. In this study, he took four breeding pairs of mice and placed them inside a utopia. The environment was designed to eliminate problems that would lead to mortality in the wild. They could access limitless food via 16 food hoppers, accessed via, uh, which were accessed via tunnels, uh, which would feed up to 25 mice at a time, as well as water bottles just above. Nesting material was provided. The weather was kept at 20 degrees Celsius, which for those of you who aren't mice, is the perfect mouse temperature. The mice were chosen for their health, obtained from the National Institute of Health breeding colony... Uh, and extreme precautions were taken to stop any disease from entering the universe. As well as this, no predators were present in the utopia, which sort of stands to reason. It's not often something is described as a utopia, but there were... Uh, but also... Oh, I see. It's a little, real funny sentence here. It's not often something is described as a utopia, but also there were lions there picking us all off one by one. <laughs> Um, that's just them saying it stands to reason that there were no predators. Right. So thanks for that, writer. Uh, the experiment began, and as you'd expect, the mice used that time, uh, used the time that would normally be wasted f uh, in foraging for food and shelter for having excessive amounts of sexual intercourse. Hey, yes. <laughs> About every 55 days, the population doubled as the mice filled their most desirable space within the pen, where access to the food tunnels was of ease. When population hit 620, keep in mind we started with eight mice, uh, that slowed to doubling around every 145 days as the mouse society began to hit problems. The mice split off into groups, and those that could not find a role in these groups found themselves with nowhere to go. Aww. In the normal course of events in a natural ecological setting, somewhat more young survive to maturity than are necessary to replace their dying or senescent established associates, Calhoun wrote in 1972. The excess that find no social niches emigrate. Here, the excess could not emigrate because there was nowhere else to go. So the mice that found themselves with no social role to fill... Uh, and there are only so many head mouse roles, became isolated. Males who failed withdrew physically and psychologically. They became very inactive and aggregated in large pools near the centre of the floor of the universe. From this point, they no longer initiated interaction with their established associates, nor did their behaviour elicit attack by territorial males. Even so, they became characterised by many wounds and much scar tissue as a result of attacks by other withdrawn males. Oh. So, unusually, they weren't being attacked by dominant males, which is what would happen in the wild. Mm. Uh, they, the dominant males didn't even see these, these kind of outcasts as a threat. But these groups of outcasts that all just gathered together would just attack each other for no reason. Um oh. It's, I mean, it's sad. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty dark, this whole thing, but I'll continue. The withdrawn males would not respond during attacks, just lying there immobile. Later on, they would attack others in the same pattern. The female counterparts of these isolated males withdrew as well. Some mice spent their days preening themselves, shunning mating, and never engaging in fighting. And due to this, they had excellent fur coats and were dubbed, somewhat disconcertingly, the beautiful ones. Oh. 
The breakdown of usual mouse behavior wasn't just limited to the outsiders, though. The alpha male mice became extremely aggressive, attacking others with no motivation for gain for themselves, and regularly raped both males and females. Jesus. Violent, violent encounters sometimes ended in mouse-on-mouse cannibalism. Despite, or perhaps because, their every need was being catered for, mothers would abandon their young or merely just forget about them entirely, leaving them to fend for themselves. The mother mice also became aggressive towards trespassers to their nests, with males that would normally fill this role banished to other parts of the utopia. This aggression spilled over, and the mothers would regularly kill their young. Infant mortality in some territories of the utopia reached 90%. Wow. Uh... This, though, was all during the first phase of the downfall of the utopia. In the phase phase Calhoun termed the second death, whatever young mice survived the attacks from their mothers and others would grow up around these unusual mouse behaviours. As a result, they never learned usual mice behaviours, and many showed little or no interest in mating, preferring to just eat and preen themselves alone. The population peaked at 2,200, short of the actual 3,000 mouse capacity of the universe, and from there came the decline. Many of the mice weren't interested in breeding and retired to the upper decks of the enclosure, while the others formed into violent gangs below, which would regularly (laughs) attack and cannibalize other groups as well as their own. The low birth rate and high infant mortality rate combined with the violence, and soon the entire colony was extinct. During the mouse apocalypse, food remained ample and their every need completely met. Calhoun termed what he saw as the cause of the collapse, behavioural sink. For an animal so simple as a mouse, the the most complex behaviours involved the interrelated set of courtship, maternal care, territorial defence and hierarchical intra-group and intergroup social organisation, he concluded to his study. When behaviours related to these functions fail to mature, there is no development of social organisation and no reproduction. As in the case of my study, all members of the population will age and eventually die, and the species will die out. He believed the mouse experiment may also apply to humans, and warned of a day where, God forbid, all our needs are met. For an animal so complex as man, there's no logical reason why a comparable sequence of events should not also lead to species extinction. If opportunities for role fulfilment fall far short of the demand by those capable of filling roles and having expectancies to do so, only violence and disruption of our social organisation can follow. So he reckons that basically if we find ourselves in a world where we don't have anything to do, we don't have roles to fill because everything is done for us, perhaps... Maybe in a world where robots do all of our jobs and we are just left to enjoy leisure time and food and sex. Uh, (laughs) Seemingly, the way that things go is violence, uh, complete, you know, social disorder uh, and perhaps even cannibalism. Uh, That's that might be unlikely, but you never know. Wow. Jesus. So I hope I've successfully brought you down at the end of this comedy podcast. <laughs> well, we're all going to be safe because as long as we all have to wipe our own asses, we will never mm-hmm. have every me- need met. 
No, that's true. We will have a, p- a purpose in life. And I think that will be one of the last problems to be eliminated, if there are any. And quite frankly, I don't think anyone's going to get on that anytime soon. Hey, hey, Japan, with the with the, the automated uh, bidet toilet. I don't toilets. think anyone's going to get on that anytime <laughs> soon, Michael. <laughs> For our own safety, we must we must ignore the bidets. <laughs> we must use terrible, scratchy toilet paper for the rest of our lives. God, it's amazing. I guess yeah. When when you want for nothing and there's no fear, you you kind of manifest your own like. I guess it's just very dull eventually. Yeah, and you just kind of you start to go a bit stir crazy, and you just you start you trying to fire off those nice receptors in your brain to make you feel something, and you, you just you just goes completely bonkers. And maybe I mean I'm no behavioral scientist so this is purely speculative but like maybe even though all your needs are met and you've got all for example all the food that you need maybe then that just becomes kind of the baseline in your head like yeah well that you know take that as rare to take that for granted what i want is even more food than that and so you then become mm. defensive and territorial around more food than you even need like you just want to protect and hoard more stuff than you even require so it's not even enough that like every need is met. It's that no matter what needs are met, you'll. I guess people will always be competitive and people will always be territorial in like a kind of messed up way. Um, I, maybe Mark Zuckerberg is a good example of this. Is the, the man wants and needs for nothing, mm. yet he continues down a more tyrannical path of essentially world domination. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe if we're all given what we need at all times, we'd all turn into Zuckerbergs. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Entirely possible. Or we'll just want more. Yeah. I, more I, and more and more. And more. I googled uh, the mass experiment because I wanted to see it and there's some wonderful pictures. Yeah, I've, there's like black and white photos of the universe that they lived in. I've got to say though, when, 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 when someone utters the words mouse utopia, I picture like lovely little bright landscape yeah. with little tiny cars that they drive around and all <laughs> that. <laughs> it's, it's very much a fortress of Green food hills, and water. But yeah, no, it's just hoppers and food it's, and sawdust it's very much functional it's it's a functional utopia yeah maybe that's it maybe they need to try again with um you know a more exciting utopia where... tiny cars a little like bakery <laughs> on the high yeah. street it's not Give a utopia the... until the mice can drive yeah. <laughs> yes that's what i'm saying they need hobbies man <laughs> wow well thank you peter for that thing. you're welcome i hope you're suitably haunted now um very haunted <laughs> So uh got a final question here. Other than your DBP interactions through vidiots, have any of you ever had any other memorable celebrity interactions? For me, I once met Ainsley Give Your Meat a Good Old Rub Harriet while on a school trip to the BBC. Mm. Good story. Thank you, Sean Harris, I should say, at Sean Harris Film on Twitter. Thank you, Sean Harris. Uh, I've, I've encountered a few... Uh, famouses at various times. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the one most relevant to us, though, is when I very briefly, in passing, met um, Peter Serafinowicz, wow. otherwise known yeah. as Brian Butterfield, our favourite boy, and the voice of Darth Maul, of course. The voice of Darth forget. Maul, please. He's very talented. <laughs> He's also in Shaun of the Dead, and yeah. he did a fantastic sketch show as well. Kitchen Gun. Great. Brilliant. <laughs> Funny stuff. He was at EGX one year because he played the voice of a character in uh, Dark Souls 2. Right. And that was being showcased there. And there he was at one of the booths looking really cool in a leather jacket playing the demo for Dark Souls 2. And I have 
encountered famouses since that point where I've thought, I don't want to bother them. I'm not going to go say anything. Yeah. And also I'm a bit nervous. But I did actually go over and I tapped him on the shoulder and said, hi, Peter, I'm a huge fan. And he went, oh, thanks so much. And, and I was like, no problem. And then I walked away and that was it. And that was nice. my interaction with Peter Serafinovich. Nice. Um, I've seen famous people just, you know, in, in a restaurant or whatever in the street. Not that many, but, you know, people people have seen famous people out and about before. I can't even think who necessarily. But I don't know if I've ever sort of properly interacted with any of them. Um, I do have a story that I'm sure I will have told before on the podcast because it's kind of one of my favourite not my anecdotes anecdotes which is that a friend of mine who lived in london for a time um she was in like a waterstones or something she was just buying a a present for someone and she said that she was in there and there was all this kind of crowd and there was like people everywhere and stuff she said what's going on here and uh she was kind of standing in the middle of the room looking around at like all these people and then suddenly someone kind of came up behind her and was trying to like get past tapped her on the shoulder and she turned around and it was um, Gordon Ramsay. And he said... Oh, my God. He said, uh, excuse me, you're here for the book signing. And she said, oh, no, no. And he said, well, get out of the fucking way then. <laughs> <laughs> Which is excellent uh, because if you're ever going to have an encounter with Gordon Ramsay, you want him to yeah. use the F word with you. That's yes, it. Yes. I think. That is it. I think through my line of work, being a video producer for some productions and adverts and all that good stuff um had the the the, ble- the, ble- the blessing of meeting like several high profile youtubers the majority of which are not i, I don't know who they are i'm just like oh, here's this guy he's got seven million subscribers like cool. yeah <laughs> can you say these lines please <laughs> <laughs> but, he's got a big number next to his name the the best most bizarre interaction was with carl walker england footballer um where we had a yogscast sponsored shoot where it was <laughs> Lewis and Simon played Fallout 76 with an England footballer. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> it was truly bizarre and the most awkward thing I've ever had the pleasure of watching. <laughs> it was genuinely amazing. This poor man had no idea what to do with these two guys. And I don't think Lewis and Simon knew what to do with Carl either. <laughs> it was just like lots of little chit chat. It was all going very well. And then Lewis got on the subject of... Um, mermaids and ask Carl Walker if he'd if he had sex with a mermaid and right. he just he just kind of shut down and I don't think my wife would like that oh no, <laughs> oh, no. and there's a point in the game where um Simon finds a football and he just goes Kyle Kyle look it's you it's a football it's just that they're like uh, yeah oh, <laughs> just, fuck. Um, I, am, I am Kyle Walker and I am paid two million pounds a week yes what am I doing here yeah. Oh, it was Why are they asking me about mermaids? <laughs> Why aren't we playing FIFA? Why are we playing Fallout? Why aren't we playing FIFA? <laughs> yes, that was a fun one. Uh, Matt. Oh, I can't remember his actual name now. Um, Jay from The Inbetweeners. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck, yeah, because he, he does YouTube, doesn't he? Or it's Twitch. He's yeah, he's just Twitch stuff. Yeah, James Buckley. Yeah, he's pretty much transitioned full time to Twitch now. It's his main job. So we had him mm-hmm. as like an advocate for Asus. Um, for an ROG laptop, he was lovely, very, very, very well spoken, very lovely man. It was a pleasure meeting him. He's, he's the complete opposite of his character in yeah. the in between us in every imaginable <laughs> As you way. Would hope. Yes, yes. If he <laughs> yeah. walked in, like, what's up, Bellens? <laughs> I mean, quite <laughs> oh, taken aback. Good, this guy. Oh, no, no, he was lovely. 
um i guess yeah it's just we've all had the experience of um pooing in the office next to big name youtubers <laughs> so, oh amazing yeah, yeah. excellent yeah, good times so good uh, I was trying to find a name. I was just going through the Game of Thrones cast. You know, Ilaria <laughs> Sand? Not by name, From no, Game of Thrones season four? Uh, yeah, no, I didn't know her by name, but I knew exactly who she was. Let me let me send you a link. You'll probably, you'll probably recognize her. She hangs out with, um, with you know... With the Mandalorian. Every, with the Mandalorian's lot, you know. I've seen, I've, got, I've Googled her. Yeah, that's her. Yeah. Um, played by Indira Varma. When I worked for Splash Damage, I went along to a voice recording for one of their games, Dirty Bomb, and she does some announcing in that, and I got to meet her and watch her do a, a voiceover session, and she was very professional and extremely intimidating in person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. I once shared uh, an economy flight from London to Newcastle with then, I think, England football team manager or coach whatever the word is uh, Sven Goran Eriksson <laughs> oh really that's cool yeah. I think you're gonna say shared a sandwich I once shared a sandwich <laughs> oh be lovely with Sven. with Sven my dad uh once sat on a plane next to Steve Coogan for hours uh, wow and I think was I, I don't know if he didn't recognize him uh at the time or if he was sort of trying to think who is this or because my dad knows who Steve Coogan is I don't know I think maybe he just didn't clock who was sitting next to me? hadn't really looked at the guy's face, uh, mm-hmm. but whenever I he tells that story, it's like, oh, did you speak to him? Did you speak to him? He's like, no, no, I got off the plane, and then I kind of thought, yeah, mm, that was Steve Coogan, wasn't it? So, um, but yeah, hours yeah. sitting next to him, and he didn't say a word to him. Should have said, aha, I bet he'd love. Yeah, that. I bet he'd never heard that. He'd <laughs> love that. Love that. Yeah. God, wow, fantastic! Thank you so much for those questions, Peter. You're welcome. Thank you, Thank you audience, for sending them to me. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Uh, Mikey, there's some kind of store. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. You're damn right. There's a store. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, I felt weird. Sorry about that. dot <laughs> <laughs> com. It's a lovely, wonderful, magical place filled with just... Oh, goodies beyond the, the mind's wildest imagination. Truly, it's, it's a magical place. But the best bestest bit of the whole website is our little section of t-shirts hoodie mugs littered with designs of meat faces and mongooses and ps1 logos any anything everything you could need actually i mean i'm my my potty it's mug uh, the handle is due to snap off soon and if uh the rep the repairs don't go very well i will be buying a new one Ooh. But if you want, if, I, I highly recommend buying a mug. I yeah, they're, they're really fantastic. good though. They won't break on you. We promise. No, no, yeah. it's just it's just mine. You know, I, I, I really, I'm a, I'm a heavy user of mugs. So yeah, I, I, I slams it down on the desk every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got a lovely selection of goodies, and if you want to, actually, you know, there's no discount codes. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> keep your eye on the Yogscast Twitter, where there's occasionally discounts, such as free worldwide shipping, which is a hell of a deal to be honest. Um, so yeah, do keep your eye out for that. It's usually around major holidays and whatnot um but yeah store.yogscast.com treat yourself go on you're worth it do it treat yourself treat yourself youtube twitter facebook all.com forward slash vidiots official bit.ly forward slash vidiots official discord that's with camel case if you want to go say hello to some like-minded people there's like I don't know, maybe 12 people who are active in it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of people who are probably listening to this who are already in the Discord but just haven't been on in ages. So go say hi. There are people there. Uh, also, twitch.tv forward slash Discord. 
No, Vidiot's official. That's the other one. Uh, Vidiot's official. We uh, stream sometimes. As we yeah. did a couple mm. of weeks ago. There you go. <laughs> Streamlabs.com forward slash Podiat's donations. Donate three pounds or more to get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show and join Pod Squad. Mikey's going to start running through these again now. Bram Stoker on Trent. A humble pair of giant tits. The generous pro trainer. Raindrop Joy. Steven Scordes. Can't shack it. You know it's all about Dakum. Vidiots is not a cult. Ploppy muck plop face. Mr. Black. But two weeks late. What's the French for 19? Din. Din Very good. I'm complimenting what? myself there. Deal with it. Disnuf. I'll take it. I'll take it. Scotch egg. Big titty Jesus 42. Keys, keys. Billy Ray Cypress had a big shit. And I, the generous, I can be trusted with a gun. He, he. And the slightly threatening oh, one as well. Also, Don Echo 7, Finn Tristam, Rip Scott Hall. Ben returns to F1, who was very generous. Big Ben 2, Massive Mohammed. Mr. Blobby's Blobber Job. Vidiotsofficial.com. Bargain Hunt Butt Plug. Peter Peter Pumpkin Fucker. Ben, will you marry me? Mr. Blobby becomes a roofer. I've sharted, so I'll finish. <laughs> the very generous Mystic Chegg. Skipton Castle is best castle. Bartek, who is very generous. Uh, ben Potter is Kevin Magnuson. And fucking sandwich travesty. We Sorry to have... interrupt, but have we ever actually... Is, 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 is Massive Mohammed ever been discussed on this podcast? No, that's so. lost on me entirely. I don't I know what that is. is. That's um, from an old, um, you know, joke article um, where it was proposed Big Ben to be named, renamed Massive oh, yeah. Mohammed. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very good to hear that again. Good fun. Uh, SWF, uh, Mucky Pete Bin, Open Vlad, I Wanna Putin these Nuts, Diz Nuts. Yep. Uh, just keep <laughs> swimming, Ash. Mr. Black on time this time. Peter Yuck, Anyone's Yum, Austin. Mr. Macca, the very generous Lonely Marmite Sandwich. Nasty name for Ben to say out loud. Fingy come out, uh, comes out a bum stinky. Thank you. Pack of Dave Benson and Hedges. The very generous Bobbly Noriho. Uh, Tommy the Spank Engine. Prince Beefcakes and Wilma Dick Fit. Thank you very much, all of you, for joining Pod Squad. Once again, £3 or more, streamlabs.com forward slash podiots donations. There we are. Uh, Peter, is there anything out on videos this week, four years ago? Flipping loads, because last time we did one, uh, I believe, was on the 8th of March. And it's Blimey. this episode. Is that, has it been that long since we put an episode out? I suppose Jesus. it has. Jesus. God. Um, yeah, because it would have been yesterday, but it's next week, so that is right. Uh, so, we've got a few to catch up on. Worst, Very fittingly, the first one is Worst Games Ever, Little Britain, the video game. Nice. Uh, oh, nice. On the 9th of March. Skyrim Zoo, Chapter 2, Drafts Fortune. Post some tap number 4, Meth Head Pokemon. <laughs> Memory Cards, March 12th, which is WWE Crush Hour, Condemned, etc. Prove It, Pokemon Yellow version, uh, Part 2. So we're getting close now to Pamuseg. Becoming the Tomb Raider. That's when we went out on that event. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was good fun. It was fun. Uh, we left, what's his name, behind? Giles or something. Um, <laughs> yes, Rip. Whatever his oh. name was. Left for Dead 2 Steering Wheel Challenge. Piece of cake. 
favorite yeah. of mine. Prove it, Pokemon Yellow version, live action challenge. I regretted that one as we did it. It was just so eggy and smelly and <laughs> oh, not good. Uh, Skyrim Zoo, Chapter 3, Funeral for a Friend. Rest in peace, Uncle Giraffe. Memory Cards, March 19th. Konami, Wind Waker, Pokemon something. It's been cut off. <laughs> Trolling each other in Playlinks Frantics. Yes. Uh, yeah. God, that, that wasn't a brand bad. deal. And then suddenly it became a brand deal after we filmed <laughs> it. And then they had a lot of changes to the video. Like, why have you yes. done it like this? And it yeah. was it was sort of, well, hang on. It, it became a brand deal after we, ma- after we made it. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to go back in and I think reshoot it, didn't we? Yep. Yeah, I think we might have done. Yeah. Kind of annoying, but there we are. <laughs> uh, Polly, it's episode two, doing a Dharma. Oh, oh. yeah. Sorry Post- for starting Podiots with so much murder at all. I don't know what came into me. That is you mean to go on. Uh, oh, it also says Peter had a scare cut. That's when I the guy put a lighter in my ear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, tat number five, Billy Ray Dolrus. I still um. have Billy Ray Dolrus. Skyrim Zoo, chapter four, horsing around. Uh, where am I going up to? The 29th. We've still got loads here. Uh, worst games ever, London Racer. Memory cards, March 26th, StarCraft, Bioshock Infinite, etc. Five irrefutable ways microtransactions will get your parents back together. (laughs) Good list. It's true. Postum tap number six, what have you done? I don't remember. Wallace and Gromit's impossible train game, piece of cake. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Prove it, The Sims, part one. Uh, Oh, I've overshot. Oh, you have to. That's for next time. Oh, teaser, teaser. Forget you heard that. Yeah. Spoilers. You'll never know. I've got half films in for the live action challenge of that, didn't we? That was good. Oh, it was very good. I remember yeah. that because I, I accidentally called one of them by the wrong name. Oh, <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I called Smith uh, Ross or something. It was a little bit embarrassing. It was oh, like just no. sitting them down in front of the camera to do like little interview segments. <laughs> misnamed them. I was like, oh, no. oh sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> It's a, it's it's not often talked about whenever we talk about our favourite Prove-Its, but I think that's one of our best ones. You know, the talking head segments yeah. where they're all different Johnson real and estate Johnson companies. And Johnson and Son. Yeah. yeah. And they're coming in and inspecting the properties. I think it's great. It yeah, they did video. really well. Yeah, it's great. And they were like completely unprimed, unscripted. Like we yeah. just, me and Ben made, I mean, again, this will probably come up in the next podcast when we do four years ago on videos but we just made two houses out of cardboard got them to come in and they're just you know they're natural entertainers entertainers yeah talking headers no they were fantastic they were i have to rewatch that at some point it's a good video we'll save it for the next uh, charity stream we yeah do. maybe we should do that. we'll all enjoy that yes. uh wonderful well uh michael johnson where can people find you on the internet at Paraboy on Twitter is where I put my, my spewings, my internet dealings. That's the best place to keep up with me, what I'm doing, and when I'm streaming. Uh, it's been a bit of a drought of streaming recently. Um, I'm not going to promise that's going to change. It's really hard to justify staying indoors when it's so sunny outside. Mm. But I will endeavour to return, probably with some Souls games. Now, Elden Ring has got me by the neck and I can't oh. stop. Hell yeah. Um, Peter Austin, where are we? We are individually on Twitter at confused underscore dude and at that Peter Austin. But together, mm-hmm. we are making content on Team Triple Jump on YouTube and Twitch, uh, also Twitter and Facebook. So head over there to see how Billy Ray Walrus is doing and Rules Boss and mm-hmm. uh, see whether we've learned how to cook yet. 
We haven't. <laughs> we haven't. New episode of Main Menu came out very recently. Mm. Go check yeah, it out. Nice. Wonderful. Well, why not leave us a five star review on iTunes or your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Do we have a final question before we disappear? I want to hear more input on the uh, ballet story and who think, but uh, who who is the bigger asshole oh, the here? Dancer, yeah, yeah, yeah the wedding ruiner. Yeah, let's let's not get, let's not give the audience the same niceties we give ourselves, where we didn't have to have a binary answer of who was worse. You and the audience, who was who was the more evil one? Can't say both yeah. of them, just the one of them, black or white. <laughs> absolutely wonderful well thanks for listening everybody we'll be back in a couple of weeks time and uh, you look after yourselves goodbye everybody bye 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 bye